Hey guys, I'm Heather and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, Pollyanna, one second. I'm gonna pee. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. Oh here, so I'm pragmatic. I take my favorite song and I'm willing to cut it. Ew, get off the cross. You're not the only one who did that. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. You had one job. What did you say? What did you say? What came out of your mouth? Together, we make the Music List Podcast. Welcome back to the Music List Podcast. I am Ben with my sisters Heather and Beth. We are siblings that argue while making music lists. That's what we do on the Music <laughs> List podcast. And today we are tackling a topic that's kind of in my wheelhouse, maybe more than Heather's. Beth was listening to what she called Garth during the 90s. <laughs> the rest of the world called it CMT. <laughs> It's true. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, so she uh, she is well versed in '90s country for sure. Uh, even though she was born in '90, but <laughs> you know the particularly the mid '90s on when she was four or five years old, she was babysat primarily not by people but by CMT. <laughs> we just set her in front of the TV, and so she she does know a lot about this particular category. And we're going to try to figure out who the most iconic male country artist of the 1990s are. And at some point, we will later on come in and, and do the most iconic females of the 1990s. But for today, we're going to, we're going to hit, hit the guys. And so I know this was really what I was listening to in the 90s. I know this was what Beth was listening to in the 90s. Heather, how much were you listening to country in the 90s, or how how did you come about getting uh, your expertise, as it were, on 90s country? Well, I wasn't listening to a lot of country <laughs> in the 90s, um, except I think it was in, maybe it was in 92, which is the year I graduated. Um they took MTV off of our cable package or whatever out of the whole town, replaced it with A&E. So the only video, we didn't have VH1, so the only music video channel I had was CMT. So for, you know, a year until I left for college, I watched CMT, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't have a whole. I mean, I don't know how much I'll be able to bring bring to the table with this. I mean, of course, I'm familiar, you know, but because um, we live in the South, and you're just gonna get some some country. But I did not go and seek. I don't own that. That is not true. That is not true. I do own, or I did own a CD of one of these artists. Um, yeah, that's it. So, so Beth. I know that probably the late 90s, the mid to late 90s, are going to be stronger than the early 90s for you. Would that be fair to say? Yes, that would be fair to say. You're, I don't, I don't, you're not going to elaborate you ask, on that. No, you <laughs> asked me a yes or no question. It was not really, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know what I don't know. I mean, 
some of this I don't even remember was told to me, right? The the things that I would do when I was really young, um, like the whole um, ain't nothing wrong with the radio oh, yeah. saga. Um, I, I don't recall that. Um, I just have to take y'all's word for it that that happened, that I would beg you to play that song. Over. Well, do you know who sang that song? Aaron Tippin, I okay, do know. Okay, good. That's good. That's a good start. That's a good start. Yep. Yeah. Epic mustache. Iconic, <laughs> even. Uh, and iconic <laughs> muscles. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. guy mm-hmm. was built like he could go into the octagon. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was And a pretty else. respectable mullet, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like I was, you know, Aaron Tippin's one of those guys, like if you were going to walk into a back alley and you wanted somebody. Did he die? No. No, I don't think so. I'm sorry. I mean, some, no. that's fair though, because sometimes I still think like Steve Perry's dead, but he's not. <laughs> anyway, that was unrelated to this topic, but. 100% unrelated. Yeah. Well, I mean, because she thought Aaron Tippin was dead, so I was just trying to relate, you know. <laughs> We're building relationships here. Yeah. Okay. Bridging well, that. What was that? Uh, that's not a text. That's a world-to-world connection. Yeah. Yeah. In e- okay. ELA terms. So. Cool. Great. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's just get can, to the draft. Yeah, I was like, can we liven this up? Because <laughs> So let's just get gosh. to the draft. And <clears throat> unfortunately, I say that. Unfortunately, I, I, didn't, I did not want to draft first at all. At all, I did not want to draft first. Did you draft first? I, I ended up pulling the first pick of the draft. I did. And I, I really did not want to. The draft order is me, Beth, and then Heather. And the reason I did not want to draft first is because my favorite artist I know is not number one. But I'm uh, drafting that person anyway. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, kn- I know who number one is. We all know who number one is. I mean, it's it's... A no-brainer. Yeah. Nobody dominated a entire decade the way that that individual right. dominated a decade yeah. in country music. But I'm not. I, I I just like somebody better, so I'm going to draft them first because I know that that <laughs> other person is going to get drafted. So the first overall pick in the most iconic '90s uh, for male country stars is Alan Jackson, and. Alan, yes, don't rock the jukebox. Wanna hear some Jones? My heart ain't pretty. 75 million albums sold, 66 songs charted, 38 hit the top five, 35 went number one, nine certified multi platinum albums. No doubt, big time resume for Alan Jackson. The 90s was his biggest decade. Had a little bit of a fall off from about 99 to 2001. And then he had When the World Stopped Turning. Then he had Remember When. I believe that was well, 2003, I think, was Remember When. Maybe. So, you know, he, he did have some really, really... He kind of had a bounce back uh, after about three years, kind of off years. But, man, you know, that debut studio album <coughs> was... Unbelievable! Here in the real world, it had here in the real world, chasing that neon rainbow. I'd love you all over again. Followed that up with "Don't Rock the Jukebox." What had "Don't Rock the Jukebox"? Dallas. Somehow, the best song on the album, in my opinion, "Midnight Montgomery," is the one single that didn't go number one. It only yeah, that's a good song. Only got to number three, and then '93. 
He owned 1993. That was the A Lot About Living and All About Love album. Um, to me, I would say it's, in my opinion, the best 90s country album, male or female. Um, it had everything. It had traditional country sounds. Yes. Did it have some of the pop influence songs that were kind of starting to weasel their way into country music? <laughs> it did. Did it have a car song, which is big in country music? It did. Mercury Blues. Did it have a breakup song? It certainly did. A makeup song? Yes, it did. Boo song. You got to have a good boo song. It had... She, um, um, I don't need I don't need the booze to get a buzz on. Obviously, okay. I'm, now, but I want you to know I know this album so well that yeah. I'm not looking at liner notes for that. I actually oh. was trying to say I know it has a booze song. Which one is it? I don't need the booze to get a buzz on. Cheesy country song, yes. And then does it have a really really big hit? I would like to present to you the Chattahoochee song. <laughs> right? It's got uh, you know I mean. She's got the rhythm and I got the blues. Tonight I climb the wall, which mm-hmm. tonight I climb the wall is an amazing song. Yeah, it's a good song. And then you know the run just continued. I mean, just throughout the nineties. And the reason that I love Alan Jackson, the reason he's tops for me, and I've mentioned this, I think to y'all, maybe not during a podcast, but you know that old there, there's that joke in Blues Brothers. <coughs> We play both kinds, country and western, <laughs> right? Well, there really are. I mean, there's almost like within within the country music genre, there's the western and there's the country. And I really think like George Strait's the prototypical western. We're going to sing about rodeos, horses, cows. <laughs> that's you know that's kind of George Strait's deal. And but then you've got the country where you know that's kind of like East Texas and over towards the Carolinas, which is rivers, hunting, pickup trucks, you know, farming, (coughs) you know, that kind of stuff. And that was Alan Jackson. And we live in Arkansas, so we're Mm -hmm. much more, we don't do a lot of rodeos in Arkansas, but we do do a lot of agriculture here. We do a lot of hunting here, all of those things. And Alan Jackson, to me, spoke to Southern boys more than anybody else that was singing in the 90s. I mean, the Chattahoochee is, it's a summer anthem for people that, that live in the South. You know, I mean, it's a, you could replace, for us, the Chattahoochee River with Lake DeGray, and it's the same song, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, I think that's probably what it was for me. Um, but also... I'm very, very loyal to Alan Jackson because when a lot of people were completely jumping the shark with pop, Alan Jackson stayed pretty traditional throughout the whole 90s and even in 2000 where it really went off the rails. And, you know, we're talking about all kinds of just absolute nonsense going on. Alan Jackson continued to put out what I would consider to be more or less pretty traditional stuff. And uh, they called it neo-traditional because there was some pop influence, but it still had that basic country root to it. And so for me, 
Alan Jackson was my favorite growing up. I know he's not number one, and I know he's probably not going to be the number one overall, but I do think that he is. I'm going to fight for him like a like a like a dog. You won't believe for number two, but uh, I'm going to fight for him like Bruce Dickens. That's right. Mm. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, but that's my pick, Alan Jackson, and he will forever be the first pick on this topic. (laughs) And we, Mark and I, went with some friends to see him recently, and um, he's sick now. I can't remember the name of the the illness that he has, but it affects like his legs and arms and stuff. but which is why I guess this is like his farewell tour. Um, but he still sounds great. I mean, it's not that his songs are super hard to sing or anything. He's not doing vocal gymnastics or anything like that. But he sings where he's comfortable and he writes honest lyrics. And um, when we talked, we've talked a few times about music videos on the podcast, and he had some. Great videos, and that's something that they featured throughout the whole thing. Um, like behind him, they he would play, they would play the video, and he would sing, and it was as if it were synced up because he sounds pretty darn much mm-hmm. exactly like the record. Um, he's got a really distinctive voice, he does, yeah, yeah, and he he just seems like a a nice guy, like he, a, a guy that you just you could just hang out with, and he just seems so down to earth. He does, but and he is the focal point of my favorite CMA story, which is there was a year when he was he was super hot, man. I mean, this was mid nineties. I don't know exactly the year, but he was up for Entertainer of the Year and all this other kind of stuff. And George Jones had choices up. For song of the year. And CMA said, you can only play 45 seconds of your song. And George Jones said, I'm not, I'm George frickin' Jones. I'm, <laughs> you know, because the, what they did is, you know, they, every song that was up for song of the year yeah. got to play their song. And I guess they probably did it for everybody. But George Jones, like, I'm not cutting my song down to one minute or a minute and a half or whatever. I'm going to play my song. <laughs> they refused. And so George Jones didn't even go. So, Alan Jackson, because he was up for Entertainer of the Year, he had a spot. They gave him the whole time for his song. He goes into about 40 seconds of his songs, and he busts into choices. (laughs) And CMA didn't know it was coming. So, he finished. He sang choices, and then he walked off the stage and walked out. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, Alan. That's some outlaw stuff right there now. I mean, you know, we hadn't been doing some outlaw stuff since Waylon and Willie and those boys. And uh, Alan pulled some outlaw business on him right there, some traditional <laughs> good old country boy yeah. stuff right there. And, I like, that's another thing as I'm looking at some of these guys. Who's a real country boy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who really understands the lyrics that they're singing? I honestly, Alan Jackson from Georgia. You know, I honestly think that he's singing about stuff he knows. He's not yeah. having to go watch, you know, where the red fern grows, you know, <laughs> to 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 know how to act and sing. Yeah. You know, I feel like he, he understands what he's singing about. When, something else about him, you know, you talked about you've got the West where you've you got rodeo and all that stuff, and then you come over into more our 
area of the states and you got farming and all that stuff. But I mean, there are a lot of us that that doesn't apply to neither one of those, right? We do not live on a farm. We just live in the South. And I think Alan Jackson writes, has written a lot of music for people who fit our mold because he, he doesn't have a ton of songs about farming or like, you know, like, like there are a lot of folks that's like, I'm talking about my tractor and or whatever. And he doesn't write about that. He writes, he writes yeah. about his, his truck driving with his dad, with his girls, you know, I mean, just Southern living in the South, not necessarily on a farm because we don't, all, I mean, a, apart from what some people think living in the South to be, we don't all, you know, live in overalls with bare feet and go bail hay or whatever. <laughs> So, you know, some of us live in cities, but we still have, you know. There's still a lot of trucks in the cities. Yeah. Yeah. But so Alan Jackson's my number one pick, and I got first pick. And so even though I know that he's not going to be, I mean, I just, I can't imagine that he would be. But he's my favorite, so I drafted him first. Mm. Beth, you get the next pick. Well, I'm going to pick the one. Uh, who is it? the true number one, the one that will come out on the top of this list unless y'all are on crack. Um, <laughs> so, and that would be Garth Brooks. And we can just enjoy this for a second. Because there's a lot to enjoy about Garth Brooks. I know every word of this oh, song, too. I yeah. spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana. And though I'm out on the highway, my thoughts are still with her. Such a strange combination of I do love that mm-hmm. operator. Won't you put yes. me on? That's good, boy. Um, did not do that. Uh, no, he goes into another no, verse here. Verse. But yeah, um, and then the thing about Garth. Well, hold on. Just let me. Let's do some stats first. But uh, so he changed the game in country, honestly. I know Ben somewhat disagrees to a certain extent, um, but I do feel like he put country music on a different track. You, When you see what Garth is doing and his integration of pop, rock, um, but still, feel, I mean, you can hear the fiddle here still super strongly. Um it's just a great fusion of all of these things. It's just fun music that has some roots in the South. Um, and so other people started doing that. Um, he's the only artist in music history to release nine albums that went diamond. Um, and as of 2020, he was the best-selling solo albums artist in the U.S., Ahead of Elvis and second only to the Beatles in total album sales overall in history. Um, he was the AMA artist of the 90s and he's the youngest recipient <laughs> recipient of the Library of Congress Gershwin Prize for Popular Song. Um, and as a live entertainer, he is truly the best show I have ever seen. Um, I mean, you. People talk about the Britney mic, you know, where you it's hooked onto it, but that's also the Garth mic. And um, that dude, I I don't know how he does it, but he is literally running across huge stages, playing guitar, singing, and still sounding really darn good. I don't know I I don't know how, but the dude has Cardio. some stamina. Yeah. Um, 
And so, obviously, yes, I apparently used to call, again, this is the thing I don't remember, <laughs> uh, but I did call CMT Garth, and that's not for no reason, you know, um, I'm sure that his videos were on heavy rotation. Um, and there are so many hits, you know, if you talk about trying to pick your favorite, uh, before we went to see him, um, one of my friends was like, what are your top five Garth songs? And I was like, I'm going to have to get back with you on that <laughs> because there are so many to pick from. Um, and to, to, just to speak to his, his ability to entertain, um, we were in Razorback Stadium. It's, I mean, it's not like, obviously, the largest stadium you'll ever be in, but it's pretty darn big. And as far as Arkansas venues goes, it's insane. So we're sitting, I'm at the tip top. There is only one row behind me before you go, before it's pretty high that's, that's the last part. Um, so I'm the next to the highest row. And somehow he still, like he was, he was such an ant to me. I had to watch him on the screen. Mm-hmm. But I did not care because I was in the same location as Garth. And he somehow still made that huge arena feel intimate in a way. You felt included. You didn't feel like you had, you know, we didn't feel like we paid cheap seats. We got our money's worth plus some. Um, so, and I don't, I can't speak to how he does it. I don't know. It's a mystery to me, but he did. Um, and I will... I'm a Garth Stan. That's all it is. But okay. I mean, whole Troyal, he's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, he is kind of weird. Question. I, I need to know. Yeah. Where are the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> the families need closure. <laughs> um, yeah. It never gets old. It never no, gets old. And have you seen, I mean, you've seen the original clip, right? No, I don't think yeah, I have. Yeah, it was I weird. He's <laughs> like, we're gonna get physical playing some music. I like that. You oh know? And, no, yeah, and, maybe I have. And so, he he is straight. Like his his Netflix documentary. Like he, and maybe that's because he's so creative. He's such a creative person, and sometimes creative people are different. Um, but yeah, his interviews are weird. They are weird. There's just weird. something off about them. But he can write a darn good song. <gasps> what just happened? I slapped the table. <laughs> because that's how strongly well, I feel about Garth. Went out, let's, like, let's put this what? in perspective for, for Garth. When you Here's a list of the greatest selling country albums of all time. Okay, number one is Come On Over by Shania Twain. Indeed. Number two. No Fences by Garth Brooks. Mm. Number three, Rope in the Wind, Garth Brooks. <laughs> we got a Dixie Chick song, or the Chicks now. Number five, <laughs> Double Live, Garth Brooks. Yeah. We get to number ten. He's half of the top five, half of the top ten mm-hmm. is Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks, which was probably his worst album, was the first one. <laughs> um, the Chase, number 11. In Pieces, number 13. You know, uh, the hits, Garth Brooks, number 15. I mean, it's just it's just yeah. Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks, Fresh yeah. Horses, 19. I mean, he's got almost half of the top yeah. 20 best country selling albums yeah. of all time. No, no Fences was the aforementioned album. The album you had? I had, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'll tell you, I mean, his early, I am a huge fan of Garth Brooks' 
early stuff, you know. And I actually I say that I, the Garth Brooks album, the the debut, it, it's I say that it's pretty good. It has "If Tomorrow Never Comes," "Much Too Young to Feel This Damn Old," and it's got the dance. I mean, that's yeah. pretty good debut album, yeah. right? No fences was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, that was a great. Album. Phenomenal. Thunder rolls, two of a kind working on a full house, <laughs> friends in low places, wild horses, unanswered prayers, and even like mm. new way to fly. Oh, unanswered, unanswered prayers. prayers is so new way good. to fly is a great song, but it wasn't singled out. <laughs> Victim of the game is a great song, wasn't singled out. You know, those the first I would say through in pieces which is his first one, two, three, four, five albums. His first five albums, I just, I love his stuff in the first five albums. You know, and that's that's including stuff like American Honky Tonk Bar Association and stuff like that, which, you know, we're, we're getting kind of country pop-ish there for sure. But, and Colin Baton Rouge actually comes off of this album, yeah. the In Pieces album. But yeah, I, I don't. I do think he catches a lot of heck that does not necessarily geared towards him. I think whoever sold the most albums in the 90s was going to get blamed for it to some degree. And he and Shania sold more albums than anybody, and they catch the most flack, no question. I, th- I do think Shania deserves more of the blame <laughs> than he does because she was actively going after trying to get on the pop charts. Yeah. Garth was just, I think, as much more than anything, rolling with the general direction of the way country music was going. He was just doing it better than everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, I do think he, he catches some unnecessary negativity from the traditional country music fans like myself. I'll say that. <laughs> Heather, what's your first pick? <clears throat> uh, my first pick is King George. I mean, he has the CMA Entertainer of the Year, 89, 90, and 2013. Nominated for more CMA and ACM awards and more wins than any other artist. 2009, he broke Conway Twitty's record for the most number one Billboard country charts when he hit number when he hit his 44th, beating Conway Twitty's 40. He has 60 number one hits. That's a lot. Currently holds the record for the most number one songs on all charts by an artist in any genre of music. His Cowboy Rides Away tour drew 104,793 people, which was a new record for the largest indoor concert in North America. 120 million records, 13 multi-platinum, 33 platinum, 38 gold, and he's the 12th best-selling artist in American history, but probably still behind guard. For sure, for sure. But, um... I've always liked I've always liked George Strait just because I think I've I, I just you know I mean I think he's he seems genuine he seems not problematic he just kind of goes up there and sings the songs and I mean yeah 
Is it maybe a little boring? Maybe. Yeah. And I... Fun fact, though. You love a fun oh, fact. I do love a fun fact. Give it to me. He's been married for a long time. And her maiden name, Voss. How about that? So we may... Yeah, I know. We're going to need to look into that. I know. So we may be... Well, then maybe I shouldn't say what I actually think about his music. <laughs> and I would imagine, just knowing what I know about... Because... The 80s music style, country music style, was so significantly different. It really, the class of 89 was incredible. It's Garth Brooks, it's Alan Jackson, it's some more guys that we're probably going to mention today. So I'll just leave it at that. That's, those are not the only two class of 89ers that are going to be mentioned. They completely changed the way country music sounds. The class of eighty nine. George predates that. Yeah. Yeah. There were not many dudes that started in the heart of the eighties and were able to transition into the nineties. But George did it. You yeah. know, George straight you know, actually <coughs> we we played the chair. That was from 1985. I know. Right? And and the fireman also from 1985. You know, but, I mean, in 1990, we get Love Without End, Amen. I've come to expect it from you. In 91, you know me better than that. You know, I mean, and then in 92, we get the Pure Country album. Yeah. And the movie, which has I Cross My Heart, which... Mm -hmm. May yeah, be I the mean, quintessential love country song of the nineties. I mean, if you're gonna, if yeah. you're gonna, if we did a music list podcast on the best love song, country love songs of the nineties, that's going to be a contender for the top spot. I mean, just his consistency yeah. from really the early eighties to. The teens. I mean, goodness gracious. He Troubadour was 2008. I Saw God Today was 2008. <laughs> I mean... I mean, he won Entertainer of the Year in 2013. Yeah. I mean, the guy... The longevity of... Yeah. of I mean, George to, Strait is ridiculous. To be called the yeah. king of country music, that's... Over um, guys like Hank yeah, Williams yeah. and... and mm-hmm. Well, Garth... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel as if he's, you know, we've talked about artists before on the podcast that you're like, with, I think it was Pink Floyd for you. You're like, it's one of those artists that I feel like I'm supposed to like, but I just not that into. That's kind of George Strait for me. Um, I'm just not, it's just not my, not my country guy. Um, I mean, I recognize him for his hits and who he is and his Staying power and all of that. Um, it's just, he's not my fave. Well, but that doesn't mean he's not one of the most iconic. He, he is one of my favorites. And I, a big part of that is I can sing every single note he can sing. <laughs> so I can sing every song that he sings. There's not a note that he hits that I have trouble hitting. Yeah. You know, if I'm trying to sing along with George Jones, George Jones can get incredibly low yep. and he can get incredibly high. Mm-hmm. I mean his range is well it's yeah. not very good anymore. <laughs> but Whoops. at its peak it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You know 
George's voice is not real hard to sing along with, first of all. But, man, he had great songs. Yeah. I mean, from, like, Amarillo by Morning is mm-hmm. considered by many to be it's a great song. maybe the best country song of all time. Oof. I mean, and that's that's a big that's salty, yeah. That's a big statement. big statement. Yeah, but it is considered by many to be that, and just I don't know, man. I mean, he just get just a ton of hits, sixty hits, sixty number ones. Yeah, that's just the number ones. Yeah, yeah. right, <laughs> right. That's not all the top fives and all the top tens. Yeah, but again, where Garth accumulated. The overwhelming majority of those in one decade, George did it mm-hmm. over like 30 years. Yeah. But super consistent. Mm-hmm. Super consistent. Heather, you get another pick. You get another pick. Oh. Uh, okay, my second pick was, is Vince Gill. Um, 20 studio albums, 40 charted singles. 18 CMA awards, including two Entertainer of the Year. As of 2022, he had 22 Grammys, which is more than any other male country artist. Uh, He went into the Hall of Fame in 2007. (coughs) And joined the Opry in 1991. And this is, for me, this is big because in 2017, he replaced Glenn Fry as a regular member, touring member of the Eagles. Um, another fun fact, he declined an invite to join Dire Straits at one point. That's that weird. That would be an interesting combination. Well, because he's a pretty he, bad yeah. a guitar player, you know? I mean, yeah. um, I, this song is, in and of itself, is enough for me to, to pick him. I think this song is fantastic. Um... <laughs> Another song when I was watching CMT. Um, <laughs> the, his song "Look at Us." Like I loved that song. I loved it so much, and I would want to listen to it. And it was on regular rotation. And if Ben was in the room for some reason, he thought that it sounded like in the ghetto. <laughs> And he would always, at that part, be, <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> oh, no. He'd be like, in the ghetto. And I'd be like, oh. And he would ruin it every time. He would just come from wherever he was in the house. And he'd uh, ruin this song. But um, he has a very distinctive voice. I'm not... A hundred percent positive. Well, I like I, I don't own a Vince Gill album, um, but it is distinctive. It is um, a good tenor voice. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And here's what I like about what I've seen. Hopefully, I'll get to see this live and in person. I hope. But um, the Eagles are my favorite band, and I have seen them. Many times, more more times than I have fingers to count them on, and um, from what I've seen, as far as his role that he takes on now, he's very respectful of the Eagles' sound, and he doesn't try to sound like Vince Gill and the Eagles. He tries 
very much to to insert himself in a way where he is just a part of the Eagles. And so um, I think he is he's a fan of other artists, and I think he's respectful of their catalog. And um, so I like Vince Gill. Yeah. And, I'll, I'll, you know, his duet with Reba, The Heart Won't Lie, yeah. is... Yeah, that's good. Outside of any duet by Brooks and Dunn, <laughs> maybe... Well, I mean, they're all duets, really. But, well, yeah. I mean, that may be the best duet of the 90s as far as country's concerned. I mean, it it yeah. was really good. I mean, it was really good. And uh, and the the, uh, the top-notch go-to funeral jam. Oh, yeah. For sure. Go rest high. Go rest high. Yeah, on <laughs> yeah. That so... Um, yeah, you know, I, I think as far as you know, men in the '90s, he he needs to be in the in the conversation. That's a good pick. Oh, it's me. Um, <laughs> oof, I am going. Whenever I hear woof, I I think this is not going to be a good pick. You're not going to like it. Um, but hear me out. It's because of the crossover success. Yep, I already don't like yeah, it. Yeah, that, that, that I am drafting. I don't even want to say it out loud. Here's the thing. I don't really care for this person that much, but I think we're talking iconic. I had to put my, my preferences aside sometimes. And I'm intrigued. I, Kenny Chesney. What? I know. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good. I didn't say it was good. You think he's iconic? Yes. Yeah. Um, His ick factor is high for me. It kind of is, I guess. But, okay, so he had more than 40 top 10 country singles. 32 of them reached number one. And many of those have charted in the top 40, the Hot 100 top 40. So that makes him one of the most successful crossover country artists. He's a CMA Entertainer of the Year four times, ACM Entertainer of the Year four times consecutively. Um, I've never been more disappointed than you in my life. I was about to say, Ben. I'm just saying. So he has his own sound, country, pop, drop rock. What? Tropical, like tropical rock. Drop rock? That's a thing. You can Google it. Um, So it's unique. It has a unique sound. You hear this kind of stuff. You're like, that sounds like a Kenny Chesney song. More like (laughs) country crock. Because it's, so it's a crock. No, uh-uh. he got no. This dude, if if this dude is not the, if this he, no, this man is the personification of Gulf Shores, <laughs> and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, Florida, Alabama. Yeah, uh, he he stands out. There's really not nobody has his sound. Um. He's Thank he's God. really. I was about to say, is that not? A he good? leans into that beach country. He does. No shoes, no shirt, no, no problems. Service. Okay, no shoes, no shirt, no problems. <laughs> um, 
No, I understand nobody's going to like this. I picked it in spite of myself. Um, but I do think that he is an iconic country artist. Here's what I will say, and I understand why y'all are going to cut him just because you don't like him. But here's what, if we have a 2000s, he really, really, really leaned into that um, that island country <laughs> island country. island country i don't know how best to describe it in that era so i would say he really came into his own sound in the 2000s even though he had some hits in the 90s she thinks my tractor sexy the one we just listened to here oh um God. that one was also from the 90s um ben is look the disapproval he has his arms crossed. He is shaking his head. It is really bad in here, y'all. Like, the air was sucked out of the room when I said Kenny Chesney. <laughs> but, but I just... It's the worst pick in the history uh, of the music list. Here's, okay, wow. listen. Well, no, it's not. Um, what is? I don't know. Let me <laughs> I'm sure I can find... Um, One that's not mine. Yeah, I'm sure I could just. <laughs> do, 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 do. Like oh, he is uh, like he is like Arnold. Big Mabel or whatever. That was. <laughs> um, I will take candy <laughs> over anything Kenny Chesney has put together. All right, but here's here's where I struggled with. Yeah, you did struggle 100. percent Oh my God! Can I talk? My goodness. Um, sure. So continue. The, I will. Thanks. Um, as far as the 90s for males, I had some difficulty. I can tell. Shut up, bro. <laughs> the 90s honestly were not the time for men. Wow. That is an incredibly. Don't say incredibly it. Incredibly. Don't say what you're horrible. about to say. Horrible. Incorrect. As far as diversity, no, there were like a handful that were like. What do you mean diversity? As far as far as a number of strong picks, like honestly, oh, but after no, I got to, no, yes, no. iconic. When it comes to iconic, bro, yes, iconic. There are not did a you lot. Just bro, me, I did. <laughs> I did. I'm literally your bro, so I can't be. Yeah, I so can't be like totally offended there, but. But when I got to maybe <coughs> seven, I was kind of like, I'm gonna put this person in there, but I don't think they're iconic. There are. I bet. I bet there are a dozen. Dudes in the nineties that I would put before Kenny Chesney. Iconic, I, I easily. I didn't even think no. of him easily. When you, when you, okay, but we didn't talk about what is an icon, and I don't know what the heck you're going off of. Like, what are because I feel like there are some people who are going to show up that I'm going to be like. Do you really think they're iconic? I feel like they're somewhat forgettable blend into the... Especially within the within the confines of the 90s. Yes. Okay. A lot. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> he's he's dumbfounded. I, I broke him. He I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just... I'm at, a, I'm at a total loss. Okay. Well, I, I you get to pick now. I, and I understand oh, picking someone that you don't like because that's what I did with my pick coming up, uh-huh. which is Tim McGraw. Uh, 
who is a lot more iconic than Kenny Chesney. I don't know how you Le- okay. How you here's had what Kenny I'll tell Chesney you. ahead of Tim McGraw. Let me admit something. I looked back at my list. And you realized, oh, I should have put Kenny McGraw. It wasn't really about Kenny Chesney. It was just in general the order of like the, I don't know, a handful of them that I was like, I think I must have been doing drugs that day. Because I don't don't agree with myself, but then I made (laughs) made it. I got news for you. You don't agree? Nobody agrees with you. Okay, that's fine. But if we do one of the 2000s. That dude will be, be, because in the 2000s. She's cutting him before we've even note made to the, self. Yeah, you can go ahead and cut. 2000s. I know you can definitely cut it. But, like, <laughs> anyway, I made the choice. <laughs> and I tried. Choices were made. I tried to bag it up, but it just really didn't fly. <laughs> but anyway, he did have great crossover success. So if you want to listen to some Gulf Shores music, <laughs> tell me that's not an accurate description, though. I would say more Pensacola. No, it's it's pretty Gulf Shores. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So at least we got that out of this podcast. Ben, what? Let's talk about Tim McGraw. Let's talk about Tim McGraw. So I'm not a big Tim McGraw fan, but, and I feel a little dirty selecting Tim McGraw, but I don't think you can deny his influence on the way that country music sounded after he came along. First album, 93, did not do well, but the big coming out party was in 94, (laughs) Not a Moment Too Soon, was the album. Please tell me. The first hit off of that album was Indian Outlaw. Okay, I was was hoping you were going to play. Very problematic (laughs) for a lot of reasons. (laughs) Let's not. But Don't Take the Girl was also on that album. It's a genuine, I hate to say it's a genuinely good song. I don't like the vocals. Yeah, the vocals. But it is a really good song. He he improved a lot. He really did. He used restraint. But I mean, he, here he's, he's using he's, and he's using this redneck hokey accent. Yeah. But it's a good song. Take Tommy Thompson. Take my best friend, Bo. <laughs> but I want you to listen to some of the... <laughs> okay, this song and Not a Moment Too Soon were serious songs. Here are some of the other songs on that album. Indian Outlaw. Mm-hmm. Down on the Farm. Mm-hmm. How about this jewel of a single? Refried Dreams. Stop. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I think you can draw a direct correlation to the honky-tonk, but donkey-donk crap. But donkey-donk. Refried Dreams. To to Indian Outlaw. I think you can drive a a direct line from garbage like that and anything by, like, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, directly to Indian Outlaw. He's going there. He is. Wow. The next album was not that great. It did have four songs in the top ten, though. <laughs> okay. It's not that great. It had four but, um, but he did, I mean, he did put out 
album after album, hit after hit, and unfortunately, I think he did more to shape the direction of country music than even Garth did, because Indian Outlaw was a stupid big hit. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I felt like, okay, well, we can sing ridiculous, almost slapstick country comedy songs with this ridiculous redneck accent, (laughs) and there'll be hits. And we saw a lot of it after that. And And we still see a lot of it. In pretty short order, Mm -hmm. though, he got with Faith, started doing those duets with her, cut his mullet, started tanning, started <laughs> started bulking up, you know, in the chest and arms and I mean he became a sex symbol. You know, yeah, and now, he he got to wear like um oh, I can't remember which album it was, the but whole it, it had thing. It oh, had, you know. Listen. Don't forget that. That's all good. All in my head. Th- there was an album that had just to see you smile. Uh-huh. Everywhere. Where the green grass grows and it's your love. Yeah. Those are four really legitimately good songs that aren't campy or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. it just relied on decent singing and good lyrics and but unfortunately the damage was done. He'd he'd already he'd already torpedoed country music. Wow. All right. Well, I don't know. What's that I need you that duet with Faith? that's his best duet. But there's with Faith but Hill. there's no there's no that's denying so good. His place in 90s country music, I mean, it was massive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 now, of all the people, I mean, arguably having a better... Well, I, Gar's still out playing and stuff, but I mean, like... He's doing I mean, he's just doing, fine. He's doing the acting yeah, thing. He, and yeah, the, he's, know, I mean, he's, he's parlayed that into yep. a lot of different yeah. different things. I get another pick, you do. don't I? You do, you do. Okay, I went with another star that was uh, more influential and more iconic in the 90s than Kenny Chesney, <sighs> and that was Travis Tritt. Oh, he was on my list, yeah. And this song, Anywhere... Is this, is this Anymore? Anymore oh, is... That's God. a good one. And follow-up. Oh, is this, this may be... Tell Me I Was Dreaming? The follow-up I, uh, to this? Yeah. These videos. These videos are heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, they are. He is legit, though, a really good singer. He is. I can't hold the hurt. And whereas he never, never, to my knowledge, let pop really influence his music because he was already so rock based. Yeah. Yeah. He really reminds me more than anybody in the 90s of somebody like Waylon Jennings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, he did where Corn Don't Grow. Which was first originally a, a Waylon Jennings song. But the delivery on this song yeah. is just unbelievable. He's surprisingly flexible with what he can do vocally. I mean, he can sing powerhouse songs or he can deliver, you know, a ballad like this and just do it absolutely beautifully, really. Yeah. Um, he didn't hide the rock and roll sensibilities, but he was always very faithful to the ideas and the traditions of country music. Um, he had to earn his first album. Warner Brothers made a deal with him. They were going to cut six songs. Three of them had to be hits in order for them to give him an album. Wow. And 
those out of those six, he produced Country Club, Help Me Hold On, Drift Off to the Dream, and I'm Gonna Be Somebody. He produced four, all four of them in the top ten, three of them in the top five, and Help Me Hold On hit number one. That's pretty good when you don't even have an album. You're just releasing singles, and they skyrocket into the top ten. Um, those became the foundation for Country Club, the album Country Club. Um, then the next album, It's All About the Change, was great. It included Whiskey Ain't Working Anymore with one of my favorites, Marty Stewart. Yeah. Um, it also had Here's a Quarter. That is a great country song. Here's a Quarter, a Call Someone Who... great... Yeah, and it's a song that kids would not understand today. Right. <laughs> right, because they don't, they don't know about a payphone. They don't know what that is. And any more was on that on this yeah. on that album also, which may be the best country music video of all time. It's pretty good as a trilogy. It's unbelievable. I don't know though. We still got fancy. <laughs> um, this <laughs> this also went platinum three times over. Then of course he had T R O U B L E album so good come out. Um, he really. Didn't finish the 90s as strong as some others because he was kind of on the fritz with Warner Brothers. He kind of got it going again in the early 2000s with Columbia. Right here. Yeah. This this phrase. He makes it sound effortless, but that is... Yeah. But I was always... A Travis Tritt fran, uh, fran, fan. Um, and I think a lot of it is because we grew up in a house where rock and roll was so prevalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Travis Tritt, more than anybody in the 90s, I think, was kind of that rock and country yeah. guy. I mean, it, it was real prevalent with Waylon Jennings in the 70s, very prevalent with Hank Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, he's rocking Randall Hank, you know. Mm-hmm. But Travis Tritt... In the 90s, and he's part of that class of 89 that I was talking about. Um, I felt like he he was kind of that rock and country star of the 90s that we had with Hank in the 80s, Hank Jr. in the 80s, and and Waylon in the 70s. Uh, So I have uh, Travis Tritt's my third pick. Okay. It's me. Um, Okay, so again, before I say this... (laughs) How oh, are no. you going to top that last one? Oh, now, here, no. Here's the thing. I want to talk about, I think we just need to take a pause oh. and talk about the fact that I, I think that, that y'all might have lost sight of what the category we were assigned. Okay? It was most iconic. Not the best, not your favorite. This We're talking about name recognition across decades across genres we're talking about people who transcended simply being in country music Just okay say the name <laughs> she doesn't want to <laughs> ben. <laughs> like this it, this Still, hurt, it hurts his soul look no, at him but it's it's he's a broken but man but this this person is an icon of country music is an icon, <laughs> and it's Billy Ray Cyrus. No, yes it is. <laughs> oh my God, yes it is. I'm glad you got Garth. <laughs> oh my God. 
think we're playing this song on our podcast. This song is a bop. This song still slaps. Okay, yeah, so let's hear your stats. You can tell your dog to bite my leg. My leg. Yeah. So I didn't say his musical. To tell my fingertips they won't be reaching out for you no more. Well, he has an iconic mullet. Oh, my God. He does that. And he has generational recognition. Because from 2006, because of Hannah Montana, for multiple reasons, can you let me name me? Um, so, because from 2006 to 2011, yes, he starred in Hannah Montana, and then in 2019, we had Old Town Road with Lil Nas X. Oh my god, which was huge. Okay, so 90s, 2000s, then late. Then we're coming in. <laughs> I think he's like actually sweating. Okay, <laughs> he's about but to get up. And we're walk talking out. about, but we're talking about iconic. We're talking about people who are recognizable. This yeah. man, out the look, <laughs> and as well okay, as his did, career. He's not. He doesn't have that look anymore. He definitely Although has a distinct it, look it at this time. It definitely was like well, a, okay, but Kentucky waterfall. Like Shania doesn't look the same as she did. The best song he know. was in was Romeo, and that's because Dolly sang it. Oh, uh, yeah, Romeo was good. True. But, I mean, he was he was huge in the 90s. Don't Beth, act I gotta like he wasn't. I got to tell you. <laughs> did he have any I expected other more out of Some gave all. <laughs> Now, some gave all. <laughs> don't, don't, don't talk down on that. I, I, We're honoring our, our, veterans. our veterans. I expected more out of you in the, out of, on this category. I, I really, really, um, I really I, thought you were going to be. He you, really thought I was going to be the weak link I did. in this podcast. No, I okay, 100% did. Y'all going to get real butthurt about the things that I say when we get to cutting. Because, I, especially... Anyway, but tell me you about to, your third pick. What I, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility uh, when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. That doesn't mean that what I have to say is not valid. Okay. Billy Ray Cyrus was your third pick. It doesn't mean that what I have to say is not valid. It's strong evidence. Because you disagree. <laughs> strong evidence. Well, okay, but Billy Ray Cyrus was like my sixth pick. Like, we're way far down in the list. Okay, well, let me get my it's third not like pick I... in, and then we can start cutting away. Let's see, okay, where was he on. on my list? Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's one thirty in the morning. Can you go? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, my third pick was uh, Dwight Yoakam. Mm, okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 listen, I never said that I had, you know, a whole lot to bring to the table, but I... I do not hate this pick. Um, he uh, has 12 top 10 hits, two number ones, two Grammys. Um, Ooh, number ones. Yeah, that's it. His first three albums all reached number one on the Billboard Top Country chart. Um... He has a really distinctive voice and really distinctive uh, moves. 
you know, I mean, I think, he, I mean, if you, if you watch Dwight Yoakam, he he does that thing with his feet and the guitar. He does, and the thing. He does that thing with his know, feet. I don't know. I can't do it. No, I mean, he does. He does he do does. that thing with his feet. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. My two personal favorites are. You can't have too much grip on your boots. That's true. Fast as you and ain't that lonely yet. Mm. I love those two songs, and he, like Tim McGraw, parlayed that into a very successful acting career. And I, he's a sentimental favorite of our I family, will, of course. I will raise your Hannah Montana and, with a sling blade, sling blade yeah, <laughs> and with a Goliath. Yeah, I don't watch that he's, show. I heard he's a really ooh, nice good. guy, but he always plays a really. A total a hole mm-hmm. and everything, um, and Johnny Cash called him his favorite modern day artist. So if he's good enough for Johnny, he's good enough for me. Dwight Yoakam is my third pick. Cool. I like Dwight Yoakam. I like Dwight Yoakam. That doesn't make him one of the most iconic country artists of the nineties. Well, I think you have a very small group of really iconic people, and then oh, it's interesting that you say that. Rams. But when I said that about twenty minutes well, ago, well, then you've got real country artists, and okay. then you've got okay Kenny Chesney and I think to, to people that enjoy country music, I think there's a a relatively large group of '90s male singers that were like that that people think of. Oh, those guys were good. I think there's good. A lot That's of them. not. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the most iconic. Y'all are picking on based on. What you like? Well, there's like, and that's the not the th- same I'm thing. Just saying there's like no, the I, no, big I, three. I, I specifically didn't. You did not listen to my argument for Tim McGraw at all, did you? <laughs> that's not what. I, no. Because I, I, I was very clear. I, I didn't, didn't say I didn't anything about not Tim McGraw. Like Tim McGraw. No, you were correct in that. I was very clear about that. That <laughs> but, I'm not a big Tim McGraw okay. fan. So you were not paying oh much, much attention. All right. Working nine to five. We're gonna cut these from nine to five. No, we've got it. We got to talk about the ones that were on our list. Oh, that 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 didn't make the list. The top nine. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> so, does anybody want to share share their list? Uh, the only people that have not been mentioned. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That I had on my list. I, I did have Travis Tritt work. Clint Black. Yep, I had him on my list. And I was having chronic. What the? Are you? Si- <laughs> I was having. Are trouble. you serious? You seriously think Kenny Chesney is more iconic than Clint Black? Iconic. What the hell is an icon to you? Not people outside of people who don't listen to country music do not know who Clint Black is. That is not an icon. Oh well, the other one I had was. <laughs> I just had trouble thinking of somebody else. I put Sammy Kirsch. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now but you Bridget, know that's a say it. Say number, it. That's a worse pick. He was my number one. That's a worse pick. She didn't pick it. But that's a worse. That's worse to be on the That's worse. Kenny Jensen should have been on your list before. Well, Sammy here's Kershaw. what I'll say. I'll say Toby Keith should have been on there before Kenny Chesney. Absolutely. Randy Travis. Should have been on there before Kenny Chesney. Trace Atkins should be on there before. Trace Atkins? How about this Ma'am. How about this one? Uh, Tracy Lawrence should have been on there before. Not an icon. Not an icon. Not an icon. More iconic. No, not than Clint Black. Than Clint Black. Nowhere near. Yes, because we're nowhere near. Not even close. Within country music only. 
But if you're looking at an it's icon, the an name icon, of the category is no. literally most iconic we, country artist. Uh, yes, but when we did the most iconic country females, we looked at outside influence. That's how Dolly ended up number one. Oh my goodness! So please remember <laughs> the past of this podcast. Oh my God. You're changing, you're changing the category once again to fit your opinion, Mm-mm-mm-mm. not what an icon actually is. <laughs> anyway, you're wrong. Okay, I also, so can hey, are you gonna let? That's fine. I didn't have. It's fine. I didn't have anything left. <laughs> We're not. We don't have to talk about the ones I didn't. Write. Oh no, who did? Oh, who did? <laughs> Y'all are both number one. Number one. You you had people on your list worse than Kenny Chesney? No, actually. I had, well, yeah, because I hate Toby Keith, but he was on my list. I don't like Randy Travis, but he was on my list. And I don't, well, John Anderson I like, but he's not an icon. I was reaching for people because I was like, these people are not iconic. Randy Travis, yes. Toby Keith. I don't. John Anderson, honestly, I like him, but I don't feel like he's an icon. Of outside, I, I anything outside country your music. Your argument is outside that Kenny Chesney is iconic. That you're you're okay, planning. Go out, go out and ask. We need a man on the younger street. people on the street. Y'all have the disease of thinking that younger people don't have anything good to say. Like y'all dismiss. Y'all y'all just don't consider a lot of things that that. I feel like that's a roundabout way of calling us. Ageist, yeah. There's there's ageism here, and there's no place for that on the podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so anyway, we're gonna take these from nine to five. So we know Garth is number one. I'm not gonna sing nine to five. It's a country one. Working I feel like. nine to five, and so Garth is number one. We Salty. know that. Salty and like that also, Kitty Chesney ocean water. I think we also know. That I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close this out here. I think we also know Alan has to go over. <laughs> has to go over. You're acting like you're booking a wrestling program. Yeah. And then we know George is gonna go she over there. <laughs> George George Strait is gonna go over there. Now here's where guys is gonna get a little yeah. Uh, Tim definitely has go over so, there. Let me tell you something. Let, we know let, me, let me slow down. Here's the thing. <laughs> let me slow down. We have one spot left, guys. Here's, She's here's, mad at you, but you're going to get all your picks in. Let me tell you what's funny about all this. Before we started the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> they they're going to be so <laughs> They're going to be some hurt fetus on yeah, this one. going to be some hurt <laughs> fetus. There are, she because I know you guys. Her... <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know. No, it's not hurt feelings. <laughs> she I'm... was self-prophesied. Oh, see, look. Oh, All right. Oh, no, I was saying that you were not going to like my picks. I was correct. I just I didn't, didn't realize get, y'all were going to be such a-holes about I it. Get, I didn't get my feelings <laughs> wait, hurt. Wait. Yeah, y'all, don't act. Don't act like you're not good. So anyway, the top four are set. So let me see who needs to be number five. Travis Tritt. Well, oh, here's the thing. I Listen, Linda. <laughs> We all know that's not the way this works. Mm-mm. Okay, are y'all telling the me top three? Uh, I feel like set. the top three are pretty are pretty squared away. Alan we Jackson, know. Garth Brooks, and George Strait. Well, 
And then also Tim McGraw's number four. I'm right on all of these. So then we're looking at number five. <clears throat> well, okay. We have Travis Tripp, can, Vince Gill, Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> Kenny and Billy. Ray. Can we can yeah. we can we cut Kenny and Billy? Yeah, okay. we can cut Kenny and Billy. We can cut Kenny and Billy <laughs> and Billy Ray. All right, so we're down to seven choices. One, two, three, four. No. Yep. No. She moved Tim McGraw over without any discussion. Because that's correct. You just you claiming the swing vote on that and just doing your thing. So well, wait, that's we, right. Wait, we've we've only got one spot left. Yeah, we yes, only have one. She moved Tim McGraw over without talking to anybody. <laughs> You really went and did some silly stuff, but I'm the one who has the pen and paper. <laughs> oh, okay. So, number five is Kenny Chesney. <laughs> I hate to, okay. I'm just kidding. So, yeah, who's number five? Are you okay with Tim McGraw no. being there? Are you okay? He's okay. It's his pen. Yeah, well, and I'm taking both. Tim McGraw. And he's on that you off and why I'm saying because people. because Tim McGraw is the right pick. That's why I don't do vindictive oh, stuff around oh, here. Oh, oh my gosh! Um, Tell me when I did. Ugh. Tell me, pick it up, pick it. Up. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Tell me when did I do vindictive stuff on this podcast? <laughs> I'll wait. I'm a little. <laughs> honestly, I'm a little. I'm just a little scared right now. I don't know, like. Um, because happened? listen, it's late, and I'm tired of being unheard. So I'm just gonna start doing Un- stuff. <laughs> I picked. I, I helped us narrow down, and we got to get this show on the road. We've been t- y'all talk too much. Um, okay. No. Should go on. No. My my vote would be Travis Tritt, but. <laughs> <laughs> so let me look. Hold on. So the last spot has to go to either Vince Gill, Travis Tritt, or Dwight Yoakam. Or Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> or Vince Gill, Travis Tritt, or Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> mm. It's Travis Tritt, and you know it. <laughs> I'm not messed up about it, really. I mean, is that <laughs> right, though? Really, the choice is... This is why I said, as far as iconic goes, it's not that strong in the '90s for guys, because it's it's like well, it's kind of like mm, I don't really think so. I think it does. I think the fifth spot does come down to Travis Tritt and Vince Gill. Oof. And I mean, I I know you're saying that they're not real iconic. I think both of those guys are. Pretty, in, pretty dang famous. I think. In country. And now in now Vince Gill, I will probably have to give it that. Just because, because of, of the Eagles thing? Not just because of the Eagles. Um, He's got him a Christmas show at the Ryman. He does. With Amy Green. And then, like, uh, gospel. I will say mm. that Vince Gill's, <clears throat> he is... He is probably more well-known in more circles because yeah. he does have the whole gospel thing. Mm-hmm. He does have now he's heavily involved with the Eagles. He's got the bluegrass thing. Right. Yep. He's got, obviously, the country thing. I mean, I'm not going to be, like, really messed up with Vince Gill. I still think Travis Tritt's the correct choice, but I, I do think it's 
really close between those two. Well, I picked Vince Gill, so he's number five. So, and I think, honestly, that the order is the way it should be. But here's our top five, and we can see if that's the order, if y'all want to move something. Uh, number one, Garth Brooks. Number two, Alan Jackson. Number three, George Strait. Number four, Tim McGraw. Number five, Vince Gill. I think that's the order. I think that's fair. Yeah. Hmm. I was right. <laughs> How about that? So uh, that's it <laughs> for this episode of the Music List Podcast. Please follow. <laughs> yeah, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. There's going to be a monster, monster list come out. Can we put we're, the Hannah Montana theme on we're gonna, the playlist? We're gonna have, out front. We're gonna have to put a Kenny Chesney song on. I apologize in advance. Oh, I'm gonna send in like five <laughs> <laughs> to smite you. But thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, rate, share, leave her a good review if you like the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, don't leave a review. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for joining us on the Music List Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. She almost had it. (laughs)